Okay, so this is recording too. Okay. Um, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for coming along. Uh, this is Todd Lawson, editor and founder of Mountain Life. I'm not the editor. editor. I'm not the founder either. Right. You're the f- you're I'm not one the founder. of the publishers. The publisher, right. Photo and editor? Photo, yeah. Right. Sorry. Yeah, I got that yeah, wrong. That's nice. Awesome. That's cool. Uh, yeah, well, welcome to the show. Um, yeah, we talked about this for a little while. It's good you came on. Yeah, we can talk about whatever you want to talk about. I'm, yeah, I'm sure. game. Cool. Um, what uh, you you want to start with? Um, uh, the mag. Do you want to start with that? Do you want to talk about that? Sure. Okay. Cool. Yeah. No anything. Um. So, Mountain Life Annual. Start with that because just sitting here, it just happened. I didn't put it there yeah, on the purpose. Annual sitting here, nice. Yeah, I didn't put it on purpose, but it's there. Um. Yeah. So how many? So this is it just came out, and this is the how many years you've been doing annual for? This is our. This will be our seventh coming up here. Oh, this wow. is our cool. six that you see here, I believe. Yeah, and um, yeah, when we first launched it, I'm, I mean, I know you did some work for us with PR mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah, the very yeah the first one. Yep, was the time th- ago. I think the first time we ever been on TV because of that. We, it was right. on Breakfast TV or, or something. TV hey? or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, so that was good. I mean, this was born from us um, as publishers. Uh, my two business partners, Johnny Burak and Glenn mm-hmm. Harris, yeah. who actually started Mountain Life. And, you know, we had a good thing going here on the coast and also as well in Blue Mountains and Collingwood and stuff. But we really wanted to um, bridge the gap and bring something to all of Canada, you know, because we, we felt that the brand had really good good traction and, and it was kind of heading in an upward trend, but we didn't have that really one one key piece of the put. Pu- key piece of the puzzle which was um something that canadians could could uh could get access to you know no matter where so Mm -hmm. so we launched this uh with the help of les anthony and of course our designer extraordinaire amelie right he's been with you guys for yeah she's been with us for a long time and uh you know for us to get les anthony he he's like the magazine guy right so we kind of all sat together with him and down at the needle lake Needle Lake Lodge one day and we just said we want to launch this and cool. we're not exactly sure what we want to launch yet. We want we want you to be at the helm and to sort of help us figure it out. And he said, well, back in the day when I was with Powder, we did an, an annual and it was pretty well received and yeah. it was kind of like, it was kind of one of those things that was quite sought after because, you know, the frequency is not so much. So it's just mm-hmm. once a year. So it's just, you know, you hit people hard with it and, and right. we really wanted to do something that was super top shelf, high quality. So. So, you know, it's an expensive piece, but like you said, when I walked in here, it was just sitting on your, on your table. That's mm-hmm. kind of what we want for people to like share it and get stoked with, with doing the things that people do in here. <laughs> right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it sure it, it would have been a, like for less, that's huge for him. Like not, not, uh, it's, he would love this because yeah, you and, know, and like the, the long stories and like, you know, being able to be involved in just so many different things. That and are, he does love it and he puts yeah. his heart and soul into it. Sure. And those guys, you know, him and Amelie sit together and we all get together at the at the beginning of the year and brainstorm to see kind of what we want, you know, who's out there doing what and right. and less is his finger on the pulse too with, yeah. with everything that's going on out there. So so um uh, he's a good architect of that magazine mm. for sure. Yeah. It looks beauty. Um I like less on the show sometime, but he's a busy guy probably. Um does he have much to do with the other mag? 
Only just write stories, or is yeah, he, he just writes for us. Yeah, cool, sweet, yeah. nice. Other than that, feats at the helm for a Coast Mag, big yep. time, and cool. uh, we got another summer one coming up in the issue nice. here too. So, Feet's been doing that for a long time, then too, right? Yeah, since day one, since yeah. 06. So we're That's heading cool. into our oh yeah, thirteenth year. Good for you. Thirteenth year, I guess. That's rad. Yeah. Um, are you ever? Do you write for ever? I write yeah, once I do. In a while, but yeah, I write quite a bit. Uh, yeah. Well, actually, not quite a bit. I used to write quite a bit, and yeah. now sort of. Now that the publisher slash sales end of things is a bit busier, we're kind of, right. you know, as owners of a small business, we sort of wear all those different hats. So, yeah. And then we have the digital side of things, which yeah. is another huge beast in itself. But, mm. but that's going well. It was, it, you know, we had a, definitely a hard time bridging the gap between the traditional print that's that we're really good at and the Dude. new digital media. Yeah, for sure. But we've managed to find the, the team and the right people in place. And we sort of, are able to offer that now too. So we have, you know, daily, fresh daily content every day. Cool. And, um, our guy, Ben Osborne on the scene, he takes care of that, which is great. Yeah. And then we, we've hired a new guy, Brian Canning from, uh, from back East in Ontario. Oh, cool. And he takes care of all the, uh, like back end, um, Understand, Hey, what is, the, what is this acronym stand? Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Um. Yeah, because you guys have the Georgian Bay one. Yeah, Georgian yeah. Bay. So, right. I we were all out there um, last summer, which is pretty awesome. Like, if I wasn't living here, I would definitely consider living out there. Right. For, it's cool, know. huh? Yeah. yeah it's not super nice. I got the bay there and yeah, sailing and good mountain biking and paddling and stuff yeah. like that. So, yeah, I was pretty pretty stoked. We got to do a really nice paddle. Uh, uh, up north in Georgian Bay, and the water was like some of the clearest I've ever seen in my life. Cool, it was, like insane yeah. out there. Yeah, yeah, because you paddleboard like uh, whitewaters too, too, right? You still do that a bunch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, white, cool, man. Whitewater season, whitewater <laughs> season will be happening pretty soon here. So yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's definitely the the biggest love of my life in the last five years. Yeah, has been, has been just paddling, you know, stand up paddling, and and more specifically, just whitewater stand up because it's. I love what the, I love being on the river right? and the river just sort of takes you and you have to react. It's, it's not like when you're, if you're skiing or snowboarding, or whatever, and you get to the line, you can stop and check it out and yeah. figure it out. Like when you're on the river, Fuck, it's dude. going. And if you, if you can't <laughs> yeah. necessarily eddy out, yeah, you got to just go and be ready for what the river throws at you. So I don't get that. I, I've, I've watched it. The balance thing to me, man, like I feel like the traditional paddleboard, just what you put your feet like side by side and you stand in the middle. Mm. Uh, that balance thing to me, man. I don't know how you guys. Like well, it's kind of it's kind of like a it's very much like riding a bike too. It's okay. like the more momentum you have and the, the more you're paddling in those ri in those rapids, right? The more stable you're gonna be, right? Okay, cool. You right. know, if you're on your bike and you're just like going super slow, it's really wobbly and stuff. Yeah. But if you're paddling and your cadence is up and Dude. your balance is, you yeah. know, when you're on the board too, it's kind of like I don't know. It's hard to explain, but it's this really cool sort of like i don't want to sound too hippy dippy but you Whatever, definitely man. kind of tap into that zen flow yeah. state and cool. you're just like you know the river's so loud and stuff and the white water's just all around but you're in there and you're kind of moving with it and you know you're you're one with it you probably have no you have no choice but to pay attention and deal with it so you can't just be like one zoning out like i mean you can zone out be in the zone but you have to like i don't know i, I just watch like that balance and even just people in kayaks and stuff and Whitewater to me, I don't know. I gotta try it sometime, I guess. Yeah, you do. You should, we should check sure. you out. I mean, there's some. There's always like some beginner spots that we go course, and we yeah. start out on. And you you practice and you practice and you practice and you keep doing that. And you know, um, whitewater 
safety courses and classes and um, swift water rescue and all right. that stuff just to deal with it if something happens, right? Yeah, I went to, um, I paddleboard once and it was from, I took the uh, ferry across to Bowen Island and then paddleboarded back to Wakecliff Park. Oh, nice. I've never done that before. And uh, we like super short, blowing up paddleboard, took us forever. Yeah. <laughs> it was forever, man. It was like, it was pretty quiet. Like it was like in November, it was pretty cold. We had our wetsuits and just like the waist belt. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. Life jacket. Thing. Yeah. But it took us a while. We were like, what we're doing. It was a bit of a game. Our, uh, where I worked at our terrace, they had like, you had to team up with somebody and they were like, uh, okay, whoever has the best little adventure wins on like a six pack or something silly. Yeah. But, um, yeah, this guy, Matt and I were like, what are we gonna do? I'm like, let's paddleboard from, oh, like, cool. neither, we borrowed paddleboards. We didn't know what we were doing, man. Yeah, I don't know the best thing, but it was awesome. It was super cool. Yeah. Well, the nice thing about obviously the coast mountains is that we have those rivers so that if the river's pumping or if we, if it's at a good level, we'll hit the river. But if it's not, we'll hit yeah. this house, house sound yeah. and do some stuff out there or just like, you know, it's nice to just putz around on the lake and when it's sunny out and just, yeah. you know. Well, it's huge on the lake here, man. People are doing yoga on them and stuff now. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Adds an, definitely adds another <laughs> element too. Cause right. you think it like some stuff is going to be easy. Like, yeah. like standing on one leg on the, on the ground, like in tree pose. It's, yeah. it's not that hard, but when you got a paddleboard, it's like, whoa. Yeah. It seems huge, man. Like, a, like, a, like in, in the lake here, people are doing all over the place. People doing laps all morning. Down. Yeah, some people use it for fitness and exercise, yeah. and like yeah. I said, some people use it to, you know, go out and get wasted, which isn't the, which isn't the best thing, but they <laughs> no. do it. Yeah, exactly. It's Whistler, after all, right? Yeah. Do you use the um, because there's the I don't know a lot about it, but there's the uh, ocean boards are like long. I was I had Arnie Arnie Gutman on here a little while ago. And he was he's into paddleboarding. Huge. Yeah. But he was talking about his ocean paddleboard, how it's like, fifteen feet or sixteen feet long or something. Well, they have, mo yeah, pr he's probably got a 14 footer. Yeah, maybe, yeah. And they have these displacement hulls. So the front right. actually looks more like a kayak than like a traditional totally. surfboard, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, the those boards nowadays are super light, super yeah. fast. It's just a different ball game when you get onto one of those. So really? They're, yeah, they're, it, yeah, it's, they cook. They, they can get going pretty quick for sure. That's cool. Yeah, I haven't, uh, I've done it before. You ever paddle surfed? Like, um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, quite a lot. That's like the next thing. I'm still, you know, surf is hard. Yeah, surfing sure is. is hard. <laughs> yeah, totally. So <laughs> I'm still, that's sort of a sport that I'm still learning and still trying to get good at. And yeah. Put, you know, when I was in the Philippines, or I there's a there's a break out there that, that's about an hour away from our place. And the guy had a stand up there. So I would just rip out there on my, on my dirt bike and then. Cool. And then borrow his board and paddle out there. And. The guys were super nice. The local dudes, they were always really encouraging and they were, there wasn't any of that like localism and like, Hey bro, right. what are you doing here? Right. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah. So we're actually just planning a trip to Nootka Island oh, cool. at the end of the May. Yeah. Um, and there's, I think six of us, so we're going to paddle. I don't think we're going to circumnavigate, but we're definitely going to go wave hunting and cool. look for some waves on That's the West coast of Nootka. So you're gonna get dropped out there. You're gonna get a boat action, or you well, get dropped out in like to, expedition uh, around or something. Hoping to get a float plane in there. Oh, cool! Yeah, that's kind of how you have to do it, right? And then we can. Well, just that would just save us. Like we're hoping to go from Squamish just straight out there, so oh, then yeah. we don't have to like you know drive all the way Screw and take around. a boat or whatever. So right. you know those beaches out there are massive, and they can just land. You can get bushy you know, to like take bushy it. Bushy does. He <laughs> lands on those big beaches. <laughs> I was talking about it the other day. He's yeah. like, "Yeah, meet me at so and so falls." I was like, "Okay, yeah, that's pretty good. cool. <laughs> That'd be awesome to see him come flying by." Yeah, because uh, he he can't do commercial. He just does private stuff, right? Can yeah, I, I don't I don't know. I think he just does fun shit. Yeah, well, yeah, fuck yeah. This cool. <laughs> I don't think, I think he just jumps out the plane. No one's flying. It seems like man. Yeah, um, that's cool. And then do you uh, 
just camp there, a cabin there or something? Yeah, no, we'll, we um on these sort of um surf surf hunting trips, we just pack all our stuff on our boards and oh, cool. we sort of uh, rig out our boards with with super skookum D rings and you know dry bags and pack all, all our right. stuff in there. And then uh, I think this one will probably uh, find three or four different spots and spend like two days at each one and yeah, just right. so you can kind of milk the surf and see uh, see how it's there and just you know and just enjoy it because we've done trips before where it's just like paddle all day unpack yeah. camp Slug you know it. tear down paddle again if it's into the wind or with the wind or okay. like cape scott a few <laughs> few years ago, oh yeah the cape scott trip and that was cool insane like it, and you're surfing these clean west clean cold west coast waves yeah. and there's nobody there it's just right. like three you know that's three cool. of us were there and with the wolves and stuff so it was pretty cool that's rad that's cool i mean you're about being in a place like that so remote but being able to do something like that is pretty cool. Yeah. Like if you're not really, I mean, you fly out there, sure, but the impact just you guys being out there and just hanging yeah, out. Yeah, we definitely take this, you know, the safety measures for sure. Sure, yeah. Like with the sat phones and whatever, just in yeah. case some something does hit the fan. So are there people around? Like No, well, up in the West, up in the Cape the Scott, there, there's called the North Coast Trail. So okay. some parts of that trail come out to a couple of beaches. Okay. But other than that, you're like, yeah, there's maybe a ranger or two once in a while floating mm. around up there, but yeah. Right. But not much. Up with the bears and the wolves for sure. Cool, man. And then you obviously take a camera and stuff and shoot. And you, yeah, I shoot a lot. We put our, um, we have those like pelican cases or whatever. And we strap those to the front. And then cool. you can like, the key is to be able, kind of like with sk- shooting skiing, it's like being able to access right away. That gear is pretty yeah. crucial, you know, like, and especially with shooting in the river or whatever. If there's one guy will go down, run the river. Uh, usually with someone else, we always try to run the rapids like with a group or okay. a pair or something yeah, else going pair on. Sounds right, yeah. But cool. we'll peel out, Eddie out, walk up, you know, get our camera out and shoot the next guys coming down. You kind of leapfrog down the right. river if we're That's just fair. If, yeah. we're, if we're trying to shoot or whatever. Spread the camera wealth around. Sometimes it's definitely <laughs> nice to just leave the camera at home and just for sure. paddle, right? Because if you're going to get a camera, you got to take all the stuff you need. You can't just, you don't want to be taking just like one lens. You need to take a yeah. decent amount of and stuff. Then it gets heavy. Like what we'll do is, um, you know, someone will bring the wide angle, someone will bring the big zoom, and okay. we just trade off and right. just be like, hey, here's, you, you know, you can have the long lens today or whatever. We're just, and that way you don't have to carry like double all your stuff. Because it does get heavy. No, you don't want to have, those boards can actually carry a lot of weight, but mm. if you get too heavy, it's just like, it's hard to pull that thing, man. Right. So and even just like I said, the balance, I mean, it's just a weight. Yeah. Because top heavy, that, for that sure. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, uh, do you have like solid wood boards at all? Do you use? Uh, I don't at the moment. I have though for sure. Yeah. And I'll probably get another one pretty soon here. Cool. These yeah. G- like uh, yeah, all the guys that guys and gals that I've been surfing with, they most of them have like stand up stand up hardboards. Oh, cool. Which really make a difference. You know, you can definitely yeah give her. Yeah, give her. That's cool. Give her more. You were um, you were talking about the Philippines before about surfing and. Uh, Jenna May was on here a little while ago talking about the Philippines. You, and you go there a lot. You've been there. How many, like... Yeah, we've been there for the um, five of the last six years. Seasons. Cool. Seasons, yeah. And it sounds like you're just going back here. You're going to keep doing it? Yeah, it's like... Um, it's an incredible place. We love it there. It's got so many cool things going for it. And uh, now, now even more so, they have a pretty good local government place. So they have like a anti-plastic ordinance yeah, in right. the town so you, cool. you know you go to the market and you you can't even they don't even give you a plastic bag because they're not allowed to That's you can't cool. take any bottled water like out onto any of the tours or stuff like that and Great. they're just trying to make sure that 
all those environmental steps are being taken to you know to safeguard that environment from being just run rough roughshod over like yeah. a lot of like a lot of tourism places and that's a, is that a federal government thing or like a regional government it's taking on well those? it's actually both it's a provincial and it's a local so they have all these local government units that are responsible to do this and this and this but it all falls under the umbrella of the uh the Go. environmental yeah that's great yeah how, how big is that i mean how many people are in the philippines um, I mean, must, it's not huge, right? Maybe I'm asking you well, tech questions here, but yeah, I don't know about what the, what the population of the Philippines is, but there's seven thousand one hundred and seven islands. Yeah, okay. and the little place that we have a place at is yeah. called El Nido. It's in Palawan, so Palawan is the westernmost province. Okay, and then El Nido is um, on the northern tip of the island. And it's okay. it's kind of Whistler esque, like it's a resort town. Yeah, there's only about ten thousand full-time locals oh cool and there's like shitloads of bars and restaurants you can go <laughs> yeah, to yeah, there's awesome. kind of everywhere so it's like i equate it to like like the sunset there is apre yeah right so people go out and diving or you know doing stuff island hopping or whatever yeah. during the day you come home and apre is sunset that's it's cool pretty wicked and then there, and then sort of you know in the tropics nine o'clock everything's like done. Yeah. nine or ten o'clock everything's done so. yeah right that's cool because yeah. i mean it looks awesome I've, i mean i've just watched your photography get posted as you, while you're over there uh it's a place i always wanted to go but you have you must have like pretty good local connections now and like a great like yeah it's awesome that's one of the reasons like we first went there because um you know when we had our ki our kid our daughter sienna yeah. we you know we love to travel christina and i and we wanted to we wanted to keep that going. We didn't want to just stop traveling just because we had a kid, right? So, um, thank God I have really understanding business partners, <laughs> and I yeah. kind of said this is what we want to do, and yeah. you know I'm gonna I'm gonna be still working and kind of engaged with you guys every day. Yeah. But um, so when we we're looking for a place to go, um, you know, me and Christina had traveled all through central and south america on our motorcycles and then we went and we had traveled all through africa and cool. motorcycles again but uh both of us had been to asia but years and years ago like 20 years plus or whatever so we said why not why not let's check out asia yeah so we were looking for places and philippines was like oh it's you know everyone everything i read was like they love families they're really um you know good with kids and babies and all that stuff so and then i saw this one picture <laughs> on the on the internet and it was just like, it was like that yeah. nail that, yeah. Christina had actually been there years and years ago, um, but she couldn't remember too much about it. So then when we went there, we spent almost five months there the first winter. Cool. And we met a really, really amazing crew of locals and expats. Yeah. All the locals speak English, so it's pretty good. You don't have that like barrier. Know, language barrier yeah. that's really like, you know, in Thailand and stuff, it's hard to read the signs or just make sure you don't speak the language that <laughs> yeah. there you know when when our when the when the, the crew goes out in the town so to speak it's like half filipinos half half expat foreigners from all over right. the place and so i really love that international flair that the place has you know mm -hmm. there's a lot of spaniards and french and right and ukrainians and you know <laughs> that's cool south africans and whatever yeah. so yeah it's cool when you can go to a place like that um you live in you live in a place like whistler you can go to a town or another country that has a different language, but it's still in the same kind of town, has the same kind of vibe where everyone speaks a different language, so you all kind of speak the same language. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, you don't have a, uh, do you guys, it's like the same place you stay every time? Well, 
So we actually built a house there. Oh yeah, right. We built cool. a super cool uh, yes. native house, like with, awesome. with native. So it's all the only <laughs> cement on the place is that we have got these like uh, little cement um, pillars that the house sits sure. on, basically. Yeah. And they're only like three feet off the ground, but it's um, yeah. So bamboo, yeah. wood, and awesome. uh, the stuff called nipa. You know, like the grass. Okay. Roof, roof basically. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we we had that built, and it was like right on the beach yeah and it's amazing actually it's it's a really cool little house it's not like Fuck you yeah. know, we don't that's pretty rad it's it's really cool too like we don't even have to lock our doors there and it's right like there's no depth there there's no there's no barbed wire and stuff like that all over the place which is really cool that's great man. so yeah we because it was kind of hard to find a place with, like with a kitchen and stuff like that and right we like to cook and we had a kid and stuff you know so i like i hate going to the restaurant every day yeah, right? of course. So, so we just said let's so we leased a piece of, we leased a piece of property and okay. built this little house and cool. yeah, it's been awesome yeah that's since, rad so, yeah uh you so did you help build it or you built it like on your own or did you no have we it? designed it so okay. actually our business partner from south africa we met him there okay and he flew here to canada oh cool and we actually built a cardboard replica of it <laughs> really? and he physically yeah, nice. took that thing over like yeah. he, he he carried it on <laughs> on his carry-on and he showed the, he showed the the project manager <laughs> yeah and they're like okay th- are these are the dimensions like yes it'll fit okay good we had one problem there's one tree on the property yeah. that we didn't want to cut down oh, okay so they just built the roof and the house kind of around it like oh, cool. the, the outdoor like open air kitchen sort of living area vibe yeah so we basically have a tree growing out of our roof and we that's pretty fresh we didn't have to cut the tree down yeah <laughs> yeah that's pretty cool man yeah damn nice and then you have uh do you have people do you have like rent out at all or anything like that you just kind of just you like do any airbnb or anything you just oh um we haven't been sort of when we're not there we just rent it out to friends oh, or whatever cool. but we're actually probably going to Airbnb in here pretty cool. soon just because it's that kind of property. Yeah. Like people love staying there. And that's cool. We'll be, we'll be stoked to share it with everyone. Yeah. Sick, man. Yeah. That's rad. Yeah, I got to get there someday. Yeah, you do. Anytime. Doors open. Yeah, it'd be awesome, man, for sure. I went to Nicaragua last November and uh, I'd been I'd been somewhere south for that long. I went there for like a month and a half, a month or so. Yeah. I hadn't been there. I hadn't gone south or somewhere hot like that for a long time. Yeah. Uh, just cruised around like backpacks. I had a blast, man, surfing a bit. But um, I'd love to find a place somewhere because even in Nicaragua property is not super cheap you know, right all now. those places it's like yeah yeah but there's some cool places there people are building some nice places there but I think it's becoming uh, uh, pretty pretty built up because a friend of mine wrote a friend of mine wrote to me he's like oh we're gonna come to the Philippines this spring what you know what's sort of a budget cost wise for a family of three and I was yeah. like well I don't know probably a hundred bucks a day Jeez. and he thought that was expensive Oh right, and I was like, well, it's not 1990 anymore, right? Like, like, like places in, like Indonesia is still pretty cheap, I guess, and yeah, some places. But different countries are different. Like you go to, go to Mexico, for example, and it's not it's, it's kind of expensive, right? Yeah, and for Costa sure. Rica now too. It's like wow. I think I think Mexico is probably the cheap, least expensive between. It's cheaper than Costa Rica, I think, in some yeah, spots. Yeah, it might be. Yeah, yeah, for sure. my expi- in my experience anyway. But um, yeah, I mean, you can't really go anywhere for. I mean, there are places that are still inexpensive. I guess Thailand's probably pretty, probably pretty yeah, in- inexpensive. Yeah, Thailand's getting up there too. It is, eh? Oh no, yeah, it's getting oh, up yeah. there. Yeah, big time. Right, yeah, because I, I, uh, I think it's the most, ex- or it's the m- mo- most, not the most expensive, but one of the most expensive in Southeast Asia. Right. Thailand. I met I met this couple in Croatia when I was there, and they were from the Philippines, and but they lived in Germany. I don't know. It's mm-hmm. kind of to me, it sounds odd to be from the Philippines to live in Germany, but yeah. anyway. 
they were telling me that I should go to the Philippines, but they were also telling me that they were traveling around Europe because it's so cheap to travel around Europe. Oh, wow. And I thought that they're rel- the way they would think about relative relatively, they would think that it would be expensive to travel around Europe. But they were like, no, it's cheaper to fly than almost to get hotels. So you're better to get on a plane and go somewhere. So they just, they've been in, uh, I guess they... They flew to Croatia. They go there all the time for like weekends, two or three days. Take the night flight, so they don't yeah, have to get a hotel. it's like ten. I don't know, it's like fifty bucks or something. Yeah, it's crazy. So yeah, but I remember Croatia was pretty pretty reasonably uh, priced for what it is. Yeah, you know, it wasn't super expensive. Well, I think as you go, I have I've never been to Eastern Europe, but I've mm-hmm. heard it's w- way cheaper. Like you know, as as opposed to France mm-hmm. or Germany or you know one of the yeah of the for sure Euro vibes. Well, Croatia's super hot, man. Down south, like it's like. Yeah, like in Havar, or I don't know how to say it, Var, I guess, and split yeah. these crazy party places. Yeah. Super hot, but the water is like, like blue, but clear right to the bottom. Yeah. And the beaches are like little round little marbles. Wow, like cool. that's just all white. Wow. There's no yeah. like, there's no like sand, but it's these, there's not hard. Everything's round and like it's not, you can just walk on it, land, it doesn't hurt, but yeah. it's like, it's little marbles. Awesome. Yeah, there's, t- I mean, you know, Bolivia. If you go further south, South America, you got Bolivia and Peru, which are very cheap and beautiful, yeah. and like so cultural. And I always try to, I always encourage people to go down there because you know That'd people cool. from like West Coast Canadians were kind of hooked on you know going to Hawaii or Mexico or yeah. maybe Costa Rica or whatever. But if you just, just go, go a little further south. south and make that push, it's like kind of a bit more mind blowing down there. Yeah, well, I'm sure it's a lot less. It's probably. Um, way more adventurous to get around down there because I, I, I'd love to check out Bolivia or something like that. Even I wouldn't mind to check out Colombia. It'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. Colombia is now sort of shedding its reputation as that dangerous, right. you know, yeah. cartel drug nation. Right. And there's some, yeah, we've, we've been to Colombia and it was amazing. Some beautiful, yeah. yeah. Cool. Great people, beautiful, beautiful places for sure. That's cool. Yeah, yeah I want to check that out. I haven't, I haven't done a lot of traveling. I've been to Japan a couple of times and, um, down south, but, um, I want to get over to like uh, yeah, the Philippines or Indonesia or something like that for sure. Yeah. That'd be great. Um, oh man, uh, you were just telling me, um, damn, <laughs> I can't wait. You just, you were just telling me something about um, the Philippines and the house you built. Uh, and I, I wanted to come back to it cause I was, I thought it was funny. Oh, that little model you built for them. Yeah, yeah. Is that, but did that, that made it easy for them to get it? Like I don't, why, why, well, he, he why won- wouldn't you just, but it, why wouldn't you use blueprints or something like that? What did well, because I, I guess we just weren't in that sort of stage, or like, right? You just build it, yeah. Okay, he's like so, we actually tr- he Paul he's a bit more tech savvy than I am. He's like, oh, I'll use Google SketchUp and we'll just oh, okay. do that, right? right? So he kind of made some headway there, and I'm a bit more of a hands-on guy. Maybe maybe right. I like to see it come to, sure to my you know. So anyways, it was just it was quite easy. We just yeah. had. I had a, I bought a nice bottle of scotch and we sat <laughs> Glue there. Glue gun and cardboard. <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah. And it was like, yeah, uh, it was uh, perfect. I was thinking it must have helped because you just like, and were you going to be there when they built it? Were you there? To no, Paul so. was there. So he kind of, yeah. And the, the guy who was the, the project manager, he, I think he just wasn't quite sure. Like, what? you know, they want to know exactly. He so said, that, if you, we, we have these guys that work for us down there. And they're so talented, yeah. but they need to see exactly what you, you know, they, you can't just say, oh, build me a, this thing. It's four by eight and right. blah, blah, blah. They want to see a sketch or a photo or yeah. or like this 3D model, right? That's so, cool, man. Yeah. It's like the real 3D model. It's like when you see like old like 80s films, they have like the, the whole town laid out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what it kind of was. Because we had this, tr- you know, we got this traditional big uh, peaked Filipino stuff okay. on it and stuff like that. It's super high up and in the bedroom. So we first, you know, and then we... S- 
we sent them all he sent them the dimensions and we had the middle hallway like way too narrow so we had to we had to make that a bit right. bigger which made the bedroom smaller but whatever it's still yeah. the open air concept is really cool and that's what i love yeah. are they known for like you know like in the mexico they're known for like their tile work so like a yeah they're you know the, especially like kind of the, one of the hallmarks that we've got we've got going on down there is uh these wicked bamboo roofs ah, okay cool. so you can see the the ceiling from inside the room yeah and they've got this so there's they don't use any nails right they use uh they, they use wind this it stuff called nylon which is like i don't think the philippines would even survive without it's like ultra thick fishing line you know? oh, okay right so they they tie all that into place and then they cover that they cover that plastic with with rattan oh. so it looks super Oh, super native and good. Yeah, cool. And it doesn't budge like an inch. Yeah. It's so tight on there. Like the I bet you it flexes there. too, so if things start to move or like yeah. whatever, so it's got some like give to you. Probably hear creaking and stuff, but yeah. it's cool that that's it's probably some kind of like earth. Yeah, thing. they're not so like soundproof. No. Well, which is the only one drawback because you know, there you can there you can hear a pin drop anywhere. It's like right. it's not like here or whatever, right? But Oh man, you can hear a pin drop in this place. <laughs> I think the guy upstairs, I mean, he's like, he's got like uh, two horses up there, probably, man. <laughs> Every like three days, like wham, wham. I'm like, what is that noise? I, I think he's uh, he's like he sells wine. He's like a wine salesman. Yeah. I think he must be corking the bottles up there with a shoe. I don't know, man, because it's so loud. Like it's like these. Anyway, yeah. I don't think it's much better in this building. That's for sure. So um, yeah. Hey, congrats on um, a successful. Another successful rendition of Intersection. You you produced that. Yeah, man, for sure. I didn't. Uh, yeah, WSSF. I guess yeah, the festival this year. Um, I was the f I judged it the first year, and then I hadn't really been involved in a while. Mm -hmm. And then um, I just got a call, just Kristen uh, Kr, just like, hey, do you want to do this? And I was like, yeah, that sounds like cool. It'd be fun to get involved again. But yeah, dude, I, um, I think that's been a bit of a it's been a rising star over the past few years. That event, like I think it started off. Mm -hmm. medium pace and it kind of built its time built its way up over time um but this year was i mean it was, it was huge a blowout it's good yeah it's, it's definitely the most action-packed event of the i think it's arts good. event of yeah the, you know i think it's got the younger the youngest demographic yeah. so that's what keeps uh what keeps it what keeps it busy i think right now what's interesting to me is we were talking about um the different levels of business how busy every little event and stuff and i think uh the localness of the of that event and say seventy two hour with everybody around the local people doing doing their work within the area and using their social media to build it up along the way, it gives those chance those events chances to like spread as far as they can locally. Mm -hmm. So it's so it's easy for it to get that big momentum. Whereas like when you have uh, guests that are um, from out of town, like say if, say like uh, like for the, for example like what you guys do and what. Um, uh, the photo showdown photo showdown oh, does you mean with multiplicity yeah, yeah yeah multiplicity yeah um it's it's tough because you, you're you're you have uh audience or uh, sorry presenters from out of town mm -hmm. so when they talk about the social channels it doesn't it doesn't bounce yeah. around through here right yeah. so i think that's that's what that's what does those events well for sure um and yeah i mean intersections i mean the demographic there is it's it's half the age of the other three events for sure but um, yeah, no, it was great. It was good to see for sure. Some of those crews put on some serious uh, shows, and that one kid, man, from uh, oh yeah, the, the you were there. Were you there at it? No, I okay. Did. He this dropped some line and yeah, Los Amigos, the guys who won. <laughs> the kid drops this line. I th I don't know if it's PC or not. I I probably should have policed that better. But um, you know when you go on a peak chair and there's that rock face that's right there. Yeah, was it called chopsticks or something? I don't know what it's called, man. It's called like 
fucking it's called good luck yeah uh they train down it three kids train down it and the last kid man as soon as he hit the snow just tomahawk whack whack through um i think he a uh, broken collarbone just okay his shoulder or something like that uh acl mcl so PCL, yeah whatever he was on we had to, we got him we bought we got him um a uh a ramp to get on stage get a little scooter so the but he uh i think he had a stress fracture in his tibia he dude he got worked and you can hear the sound it sounds like um like dropping a brick on the on the concrete when he hits the snow oh. and uh he was there though he was pumped uh yeah. and then their show one he was crying he's freaking out. he's in his chair like because <laughs> we got him a ramp and I, I saw a video of him on uh on their social media channels he was like jumping curbs yeah like because they all go to ubc it's like jumping curbs but uh yeah they were pumped man well thank god that ended well because i'm sure he'll be telling that story to his grandkids one day oh man yeah he has he's got his leg in a brace he said he's like can um not weight bearing for a while but man, he's the smallest. He's pretty tiny too. He must have, he, fuck dude. <laughs> he hit this stuff. Well, I guess they'll release it, but um, yeah, anyway, they won People's Choice and they won overall. Cool. Yeah. No, I thought the fest in general was pretty awesome this year. Like, you yeah. know, it's just good to be out in that atmosphere and mm -hmm. everyone's having a good time. And I think the variety of the shows, like what you guys do at Multiplicity, where they have like real life people come in and tell these incredible stories that they've been through in their lifetime or whatever, like their, their achievements or their goals or whatever it's really cool because it really sh allows like the intellectuals and the people who get a good storyteller to go and watch and mm -hmm. get what's going on. And then you have like a 72 hour where it's like film nerds, you know, people from the city who are mm -hmm. just like, you know, film something that's not really, it's in a mountain town, but not always mountain related. Yeah. Um, then you have intersection and then you have like the globe, like the, all the different, you know, four or five sports that get showcased on a regular basis at pro photo. Photography, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. It was a pretty good festival this year. I think it was, um, I noticed when I walked through the skiers plaza, it was busier. Yeah. It seemed pretty well. It seemed pretty busy still, you know. Yeah, we caught the big air, the snowboard big air. That yeah. thing, that thing was pretty massive. Yeah, and they had a live webcast of that for, and went to like Europe and stuff too. I heard That's for cool. the first time. Yeah, awesome. So, yeah, it's pretty good. Um, no, I think that's uh, the cultural side of that. It's pretty uh, kind of hard to beat. Yeah, know, and I, th I hope like you know with with what we try to do with mountain life and mm -hmm. just try as hard as we can to keep the soul alive in this town and. Yeah. keep that real shit and the real people and you know that's what it's that's what's gonna keep this town going in the right direction is when we if we you know keep people can keep tapping into th that soulful stuff and not just you know not just be about trying to be an influencer and sell product or whatever i mean yeah. i'm not trying to i'm not painting out with a dirty with a dirty brush i'm just saying like, yeah you know, if we can do sort of more like, you know, what, when Greg Long was on stage there, he's like, I, I hate, I hated the contest, right? He's sure. Like, I just want to go and surf big waves just like, just to do it and just because yeah. and just for myself and, you know, to be with my, you know, circle of friends or whatever mm -hmm. and not necessarily have to, you know, like, ha you know, an end to the uh, means Compete to Compete with end, everybody right? or something. Yeah. yeah. So. I think what you guys do, I think what Wildlife does is great. I mean, there's very few things in this town that are keeping that soul alive. There's very few things that keep that, like that, the foundation of where this, what this town is built on. I mean, I'm not that, I've been, had, I've been around for that long, but I'm um, hearing that, him, hearing him tell a story is kind of like, I think is an example of how you, what the reasons we should be in this town for. Like, yeah, just to have that soul shred or have that like day where you're just out in the middle of nowhere or have the day with your friends at the pub, not trying to be, trying to be with your friends, not trying to be, 
the best of your friends, you know? Yeah. It's pretty cool. Uh, and like, I'm a big proponent too of having just solo days, like just do something by yourself. And I love doing that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. you don't, you know, you're not beholden to anyone. You're yeah. just like, you make, you make the decisions on what you want to do and where you want to go. And obviously you have your wits about, you don't, sure. don't do something stupid, but you know, just whatever, let people, let people know your plan of attack and for the day and just go and do something by yourself. And yeah. Uh, our buddy there, Sweeney, Justin Sweeney, he's always, yeah, he's a, he's a man of action as far as going solo on stuff, right? Yeah. He's pretty, uh, he's yeah, he's pretty that. rowdy. Um, even just for me, like just go on the mountain, like, uh, you know, I'm Mr. Blackham for like a, you know, soul chair laps. Oh yeah. I love yeah it. But when people you see, you have a couple laps, them okay, cool. I'm out. There's no obligation to be with yeah. them, but you can like ski with them and have fr- be friendly with them and then, you know, catch a few laps and then go. No obligation adventure. Yeah. It's pretty cool that way, man. I, 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 uh, I think I find myself doing that more than I should. Yeah. Um, but, um, and some yeah. people do like some people go to extremes like, um, you know Trevor Hunt, T Dog. Oh, so he's like when, this, when I don't his, know him very well, but he's so solo. I was like, yeah, like solo madman. Like when his yeah. buddy Guy Edwards passed away, he's like, oh, I'm going to do this 24 hour mission up the up um, Diamond Head, and I'm going to ski some gnarly line. I'm, wow, I'm leaving at two in the morning, and I'll get up there at whatever time. And I'm just like, man, that's a that's an insane like dedication, man. Even like even Lamro down there, but yeah, I don't know Trevor. So Trevor Hunt doesn't he have um. He's is he a prof- just a professional mountain guy or what does he do? Uh, I don't no, know. No, he's also a pack designer. Yeah, so he's okay. Like cool. Free, uh, he works with Damien Kelly quite a bit. Okay, these cool. Guys have this company called Bad Monkeys Designs. Right. Okay. They do some really cool, like uh, you know, they're basically freelance designers. Yeah. But they'll take on these, you know, all these contracts under the wing and design cool. for Camelback or, right. You know, Gregory Packs or whoever. And, Damien actually just started his own pack with his daughter. Really cool story called King's Road. Okay. And they just made this um, one bag called the LBB, and they launched a Kickstarter. And Really? Yeah, it's going good. And is, that, that, yeah, go ahead. is that common now? Like where, because I know like some old guys from Arcteryx, so they have their little design studio. I mean, obviously working for Arcteryx is different for me, but is that, do you know if that's common where like these little design agencies are helping a bigger brands build their stuff? Yeah, I, I, I don't, I'm not exactly sure how it all works and right. whatever, but I know it's definitely like, yeah. It seems like Squamish is a bit of a hotbed for that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah. Is that where those guys are located? Uh, yeah. 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 And I yeah. think you'll see more of that of Squamish, just like more of those, you know, sort of tech, you know, outdoor right. brands m- making base there because like, this is like the Q and A, or sorry, the 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 R and D, right? Mecca, R and D Mecca, right? right? So it's like it makes so much sense to have, yeah, to have home base here where you're gonna test and use that stuff every day and get feedback and. Yeah. True. Uh, this is a way off topic. Do you have any inform? Do you know about that um, the CO two converter thing in Squamish? Oh, uh, so I met this guy. Yeah. I yeah, I met this guy. Uh, damn, his name's in my mind right now, but he was doing the airbag for a while. Uh, the landing bag or whatever, like the one that was shaped with the, with the anyway. Um, he said that he's working there, but yeah, it's a CO2 conversion plant or something that makes oxygen or something. I don't really know. Do you know anything about it? Uh, <laughs> Do you have an inside scoop? <laughs> I don't have an inside scoop. I know that they've just got like a hundred million dollar, I don't know if it's a grant or something from, um, from Bill Gates. Bill Gates, yeah. yeah. So, so that's positive strides for sure. It's like, it's nice to, um, yeah, I'll have another beer. Um, yeah, it's nice to that, you know, the big names and the big dollars are, are coming in for, for, 
you know, those guys who are smart enough to figure that out. Yeah, right. That's in our backyard. It's amazing. So, you know, more people like that in this world are the people that we need to to help us with this transition from. And I think they're in these parts of the world where it's like the nature is right beside you and you really take in what happens around you and you're like, okay, you're more aware of depletion of, I mean, back in better term, depletion of nature around you when you're in it. Yeah. So if you're an engineer or something that just happens to live in the mountains and loves climbing, you're like, hey, you know what? I probably make this air cleaner by doing this. And then it's pretty cool to see Bill Gates do something like that too. Yeah. And, and even and little things like on, on a smaller scale, like um, our buddy JF, JF Plouffe, who just started a Kickstarter for his a book that he wrote, a children's book about kind of the um, sort of the life cycle of when a plastic bottle gets born in the factory and then how he ends its way up into the ocean. Oh, and wow sort of you know that whole story of yeah taking care of you know not sort of not supporting that and reducing our plastic consumption too it's kind of like you know personally it's it's um has a big place in my heart and i think we can all do we can all do more to definitely like you know refuse stuff that's made out of plastic like just don't buy it like you know it's really hard when you go into the supermarket and it's like every everything is almost wrapped in plastic right? yeah i think it's people like, also think that they can just recycle so it doesn't matter what they buy well that's the big yeah so it's recycle it it's like, almost and like then, so the be- even the people that buy it and recycle it it still needs to be reduced yeah I mean, i'm not saying i'm the best per- person that like reduce like i mean i try but uh but just the awareness just that recycling doesn't always doesn't mean it's fixed it just means that you still like, yeah. you have to use the plastic first yeah yeah exactly like you know you but you get 200 grams of black forest ham and they'll put it in a plastic bag right like yeah i just asked them i was like can you put it in paper instead and yeah they do but it, the default is just like here's a 200 grams bag. is one sandwich yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for <Exactly>. you <laughs> yeah uh i was gonna ask you this remind me about this too when you're talking about in the philippines they were saying they were they, they banned like a paper uh like plastic bottles when you're on the boat and paper bags yeah. um, i know that bottled water is pretty significantly consumed yeah over there for like just drinking water so if you're are they, do you know if they're working on like, uh, or there's like, do you notice like water pur- purification plants or things yeah. happening there? Because I mean, yeah. if you go in the boat for the whole day, you need to take, I mean, you Yeah, so what they do for that is just the boat is responsible to bring a giant 20, ah, okay. 20 liter jug with right. reusable cups, cups or whatever. Cool. So that's already taken care of, right? right? Now you go to the market and the lettuce, instead of being in a plastic bag, whatever, it's wrapped in banana leaves. It's yeah, super cool. And I saw that. It looks way better. And yeah. Like the markets are super colorful there, you know? Cool. It's like you don't need to put the the grapes in plastic bag or whatever. And yeah, we're so used to it, eh? Stuff, it's insane. Sometimes yeah, I like... I, I kind of bit have been starting to like call people out on their shit. I'm like, right. do you like, you know, people posting pictures on Instagram with their, with their happy sippy cup of coffee. Right. And I'm just like, yeah. you know where that thing's going? Like it's, it's straight, going straight, straight, into the <laughs> yeah. straight into landfill. And yeah, it's like, we really have to look, we have really have to think about it like 40 years from now. Like when my kid is my age and mm-hmm. what's that going to look like with, with nine, tw- 10 billion people on the planet. It, yeah. Like, are we still going to be here or, well, yeah, man. Like I was saying this earlier. Uh, so I think, I mean, as humans, our lives will will become longer. We'll have medication is keep us to keep us old, older and yeah. let us be better in our older age. But our surroundings will deteriorate uh, if we don't obviously fix them. So we'll be able to get older and endure more. But we won't. We'll have to endure more and more because we won't be keeping up with our environment. But um, I. I use a reusable cup for my coffee mm-hmm. on a regular basis. Sometimes I don't bring it and I'm like, ah, oh, do I punish myself and not get a coffee? Do I get a coffee? I'm still like, I'll get a coffee. 
But I have like six reusable cups that mm-hmm. people give me as a swag or something like mm-hmm. that that I'm never going to use. So now what? I'm going to put that in the garbage. Like yeah. it's kind no. of it's a weird thing, right? There's a there's a big learning of we can't just like we're talking about. Okay, don't use disposable cups, but then to show your environmentally friendly as some brands give away paper, mm-hmm. like plastic reusable coffee mugs and they buy them at a ch- in a cheap place yeah. somewhere else. Cheap it's a really China. weird circle that we're in, man. And I, 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 it's hard, it's hard to decide when you asked if it's going to be better when our kids are older. It's hard to say for me. I don't really know. Yeah. Because, but I think that, you know, it's, it's our job to teach our kids mm-hmm. now in school, whatever, all these programs that are out there yeah. so they can become stewards of, right. of, of this earth and mm-hmm. you know like we owe it to mother nature pretty sh- pretty sure like that's my religion for sure is getting outside that's my church that's where i go yeah that's what i kind of worship in, in that certain sense right yeah. and it just pisses me off when i see people like oh i'm going this hike with my coffee cup and my thing and they just you know smokers and they'll just leave their butt Dude. out there and i've had some pretty close to being quite serious altercations with people who like flick their butts out the window and I just go right up to them and say hey I say here you did you leave this behind back. yeah I'm like sure. this is my backyard do you do this in your backyard at home or whatever right because yeah I think people when they go traveling they just I don't know they Turn leave their, brain, their brain at home and it just yeah. makes me and most people who travel come from a city so I feel like and I'm not gonna I don't blame people but I feel like like I said before they're desensitized to the environment around them so when they come from the city they're smokers or whatever and there are environmentally friendly smokers, I'm sure, and I'm not knocking them. But yeah, even the guy on that Whist, or Whistler summer page, or now summer page on Facebook, somebody calls me out for flicking his, I guess he was smoking a doobie driving. We shouldn't do that either. <laughs> we flicked it out the window and he like called him out. He's like, he he, he told he took the guy's license plate down yeah. and gave the last four digits of his license plate. Did you know who you are? I was like, man, wow. that's like public vigilante there. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, there is, there's like some people have that hard learning, you know? And yeah. if you do it and you stop, good. If you if you don't care, that's it's a shame. But if you if you had done it, like if you smoked when you were a teenager and you flicked your butts, but now you don't because you think it's a, you know it's a bad thing, then that's great. But it's not yeah. it before. At least try to change your habits. Yeah, and you know it's like you go through that whole social norms and and like what's acceptable and what's not, or what's acceptable to say to someone when it's not so cool or uncouth, maybe or whatever. Right. But now it's kind of being in that where that point where you know, I'll go for a hike with my daughter and she'll just pick up the plastic because she knows that's that litter. That is crazy awesome. to me. People, uh, so when I hear the, all these stories about people having like putting their dog shit in bags and then like, leaving it around. <laughs> so I I am, I would rather step, okay, I don't know if I, I don't know if but I, I, I've stepped in dog shit before on the side of the trail. And I've been, because I run off the trail, I don't, if I'm on the valley trail, I run on the, on the grass on the side. Yeah. I don't want to run on the pavement. And I've stepped in it before and I'm like, oh. but I'm like, you know what? That could have been a plastic bag sitting <laughs> yeah. there. So I'm like, what am I going to do? Like get mad that I stepped in dog shit? Sure. But at the same time, if that person was like, I don't have a bag, I'm not, I'm flicked it off from the grass. That's way better to me. Leaving a plastic bag. Cause those plastic bags, like, yeah, I, I mean, it's common. Everyone bitches about them all the time. I don't know why they're still making them. I don't know why they're not I'm like, they got to make, I've seen those videos on Facebook where someone's got like just balls of water and you can just put it in your mouth and, and eat oh, it. Yeah. And then the, it just dis- disappears. Yeah. Why, why can't we, what's, I don't know. Hopefully, stuff like that's the one good thing that, you know, the one big hope that I have for humanity here is yeah. is how technology will help. You yeah. know, and if if it is going to help, because you know, are we at that tipping point yet, or can we get there to where like we're gonna harness the sun and keep harnessing it? Mm-hmm. And you know, we can't be hypocrites either. Like we still we still like you know if I 
if I get a new paddleboard, it's it's made out of petroleum products, sure. right? Yeah, right. Um, so there's still that. So I, you know, we can't beat that down too much. But in the same breath, like we have to look for those alternatives and hope that they come and 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 the government right. has to start subsidizing that instead of the old fossil like the old fossil thing i think if it needs to be used it needs to be used if it needs to be used mm-hmm. so if if you if we're saying okay like we're going to cut back on fossil fuels i get that we don't want to burn them but for some things i guess they're inevitable you know if we want to have plastic if we reduce our use of plastic to things like medical equipment or things that we can actually use that are beneficial, not just a vessel to be able to become garbage right away. That's I'm, I'm not saying I'm okay with it, but it seems like a better use of like concentrating where that, where those plastics get used to find alternatives to make other things. So if you have a paddleboard and it's made of plastic, but plastic bags don't exist anymore. The other things don't exist anymore because a paddleboard doesn't go in the garbage Mm -hmm. after Mm -hmm. an hour Mm -hmm. or whatever. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm going to get, shit I don't know but I feel like some of those things are we can keep doing but yeah it's the, small, it's, the it's the it's the forks and I know you're getting yeah, yeah for sure because it's like quite sad to see it's like it's almost like every week now we see oh a whale dead whale washed up on the beach found 20 key 20 kilometers 20 kilograms kilograms yeah. of 20 kilometers of plastic <laughs> probably the same it probably has 20 kilometers yeah, of plastic no doubt. yeah fuck so, and that's the th- what you were saying. It's like people think that they recycle it, but all some of that stuff is going into the river, and yeah. then is going. It just is, yeah, right. It's not like oh, it's I'm I'm good. I'm I live in Whistler. My stuff's mm-hmm. gonna get recycled, and it's all gonna be good, right? So right. I can just buy that whatever. That's not necessarily the case, right? Yeah. If we, I don't think we even realize how big that impact is, and how you know, like, are we gonna be eating salmon in fifty years from now? <laughs> Right? Classic it salmon. Be, yeah, it'll yeah. just be like like that. It'll be weird. Uh, okay, I have a question for you about salmon. I'm gonna go off track here for a second. Yeah. So fish farms, bad idea for sure. In in ninety percent of the cases, I'm assuming. Maybe yeah. maybe most of them. Are there inland fish farms that are fine? Can you make an inland fish farm that's not gonna like pollute and you can control the? I don't know. I'm not, I know you're not a biologist, but I'm just yeah, curious. I don't know. Is it, they're all bad, right? I guess. I think anytime you're trying to play god there it's it's weird the circumstances are not right. going to be in your favor right so i mean i yeah i just think about it as far as pollution goes and as far as like you know animals in the ocean like if we just keep fucking doing this you know whatever we're doing i mean i'm i'm responsible i'm not saying i'm not mm-hmm. you know at zero here but uh if this keeps happening at the same rate i mean we only have water to put inland to put fish in to do that you know it's crazy we're man. gonna have to just become nomadic yeah hunters. But that's what i said earlier like i think the humans will learn we better live longer but our deterioration around us we won't like it'll happen it, or, or if, if it does yeah, because all those people have to go somewhere right yeah. the cities are getting bigger and that the, the pollution is going to going to keep going, going. Mm. like look at china like china's insane right now yeah i have no idea <laughs> I don't, i've never been there I've, i can't imagine i hear stories i hear people say it's beautiful there i hear a lot of great things and i'm like i'm sure there's parts that are just fucked I'm like just, I'm just westernized. Really grateful to live where we live, and we can go outside, and the air is like yeah. super fresh, and we can, you know, go up in the mountain, and hey, this chairlift is taking me to the top of the lift, yeah. or my skidoo, my sled, or whatever. Right? It's like think about in the summertime when we had those. Like you said it earlier. I think you said it. Where I think at multiplicity. Uh, maybe I don't remember where it was, but um, about forest fires around here. Oh yeah. So, just yeah, like in the um, in the summertime. We have uh, two weeks of 
two or three weeks a month of yellow smoky air. Yeah, the last it's almost summers, right? uh, you can almost bank on it in August yeah. now, hey? Yeah, for sure. And I was thinking about, I don't know, I don't think about China. I've never been there, but I think about like smog and like you know people wearing like face masks and stuff and how we, I don't know if it's I think it's I don't know if it's gotten better or worse there. But when when this happens here, it's kind of like unsettling and kind of panicking because every day you're like, hey, I got to go outside. I got to. You just you. It's always so present. And I'm thinking to myself, man, if, if this was every day, the psyche yeah. of people, <laughs> yeah. like if your your mind would, you would go crazy. Yeah. Because we as humans, we aren't used to it. It would take generations to get you're used like to that. Living in some weird apocalyptic. Yeah. Scenario. Like what's that idiocracy? That movie, I guess, where it's all like weird, kind of futuristic, kind oh, of smoggy place. Uh, but I feel like yes, your psyche over three months time. If that happens, if we have a whole summer of that you know at some point. Man, it just stresses you out, you know. Yeah. I feel like until humanity's used to it, I don't think I don't know how you can get used to it. Something's got to change. Yeah. So, but teaching your kids the right thing to do, teach them how to recycle, teach them how to uh, not use as much, mm-hmm. you know, and reuse as much as possible. If that, you got to start somewhere, and it's if your kids and everybody kind of pans out from there. Yeah. Maybe we'll be all right. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Because. Uh, there are good things happening for sure. Have you seen those? Um, uh, like the um, they put them in uh, in uh, marinas, um, and water filters in them, and it sucks like all the garbage out. It skims oh, yeah. the garbage on the yeah. top. Like if we're starting with that kind of stuff, I mean, fifty years, hopefully something like that's kind of gotten big enough that it works, right? True. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I saw that. Um, uh, I don't know if it's real or not, but it's like this big ship that kind of, it's got like a big scoop at the front. It looks like a catamaran. It could just be. It could have been. It could have been CGI. And I thought it was real. I don't know. What's a video of this ship and just kind of like, uh, it's kind of scoop, kind of cruising that big, cruising through that big, plastica, that big garbage. Yeah, yeah. Thing the there to scoop Pacific it up. Pacific garbage yeah. patch. Have you ever? I've never really. I don't. I don't know much about that. Do you know much about that? I know well, we're going the, all, all over the place here, but I'm just asking. Well, that's okay. The, the, you know, they got that. There's that young kid. I think he was like 18 or something. One of those super smart kids that had this idea of how could we clean that up, mm. and like how would it actually look to to try to get a machine to s- basically scoop that up and mm-hmm. take it out and whatever so um it's happening though yeah right stuff's happening it's happening even on a small scale that small scale have to get big scale soon enough right and that yeah and that you know that big scale takes big big dollars i guess if it, if it was profitable it'd be solved yeah if yeah, whoever could true. do it could make money i'm sure it'd be solved right now yeah. But if you're collecting like fishnets and plastic and wood and everything else that they can't just recycle it all or put it all into one big bin and melt. And that's, it. you know, that's how you're, you know, with this, with the new wave of entrepreneurs and, and a lot of companies are now trying to be like, be certified mm-hmm. for, for the, for the earth. Right. Yeah. Um, that's really going to help because, like you said, if it is profitable and they could make it business a successful business model out of this, yeah, then boom, that's gonna that's gonna go a long way for sure. Yeah, I think it's like even my like building materials for homes <laughs> and stuff like that, right? If you could start to mimic wood with recycled materials, scoop out of the ocean, make it into a log or something, and <laughs> you know, like make it into some yeah. home products. Well, like, that's it's happening that's for sure. Also happening too. Yeah. They're making these things called eco bricks, right? Where they basically can compress this like. You know, say six bags of garbage into one small, oh, really? small brick. Yeah, huh. that's pretty cool. Yeah, and this. Um, what power is that press? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But then, on a much simpler 
uh, level. They're making, basically, they're called eco bricks as well. I think this is where it started. Out of um, basically, these villages are just taking bits of plastic and stuffing them into two liter pop bottles. I think I've seen this. So it's just like a round brick, I guess. Like I'm holding the quotation marks up. In sure. There, but, you know, and there's this one super successful case study uh, in Guatemala and Lago de Atitlan. Okay. On the lake there, it was the same. Like people just don't give a shit and they're throwing their stuff, like dumping their garbage, just bam. And, and then they finally started to realize like, hey, look, this is our livelihood. We eat from this lake. This yeah. is what's feeding our children and our families. We got to do something before it's too late. So they started doing this and they went around the lake and started collecting garbage and they would have, you know, people would volunteer and there would be like a bit of a assembly line right. almost, you know, sure. like you get the bits of plastic and stuff it in there and stuff it in there. Okay, boom, we got one brick, two brick, hmm. 10,000 bricks. We can build a house from this. We can build a school from this, right? So it basically cleaned wow, up the whole village, rad. cleaned up the whole lake and, and you know, uh, at the outset there was, there was like usable materials B- buildings and materials yeah i guess and then and like it's like kind of like you break your arm you rebuild itself you if in some respects if you can fix it like that i mean the lake will come back or that your your water supply will come back over time you know and you can start using it again or not just feel like but that's cool yeah i think i saw that i think i saw they um they they just i think i saw a similar thing just um not as broad scale but they were using them to create like light bulbs in houses so like they would cut a hole in the roof and they would just pl- hang the to their bottle. Through yeah, it. with water. The light would come through yeah. and it would yeah light up the place. I saw that. That was a, little, a while ago, but that's what I saw. It was the start of like, oh, that's pretty interesting. Yeah. People who build those homes that have old tires, you know, pack dirt around there and stuff. And typical you know. uh, invention from necessity, right? Yeah, like if you're in, if you're at zero, all you can do is go up by finding a way to, you know a solution for yeah. it. It doesn't work. Well, you're already at zero anyway. And stuff like that, like clean water, we you know, we Dude. take that in the Western world, we take that for granted yeah. so much. Like I can just turn on my tap, put the hot on, and I got instant hot water. Yeah, right? for hours. You could we Where could go like, away and come you back. You know, some some places when Africa and me and Christina were riding through there, you would see these women with like these jug huge jugs on their head and then they're on their shoulders or whatever. And, you know, I'd stop to take a picture or whatever, and they would, like, be all scared, and they would put their thing down and run away and be like, okay, sorry, I didn't mean to scare you. I'm going to yeah. leave you alone. And, you know, they, they were either coming back from their 6K walk to get water, dirty Which, water. Yeah, actually, it might not even be safe water. They're back, right? And yeah. it's not like they're just, like, leaving the tap on to, like, wash some dishes or whatever. It's like they want to yeah. wash the dishes. It's like, you know, they'll wash one plate and then use that empty water or use that dirty water to wash the next one and it's sure. just like you know it's like it's pretty mind-blowing how lucky we are that we have those resources where we can just like i said turn on the turn on the hot water and bing right. i hear you man i got my appendix out last year before i went to nicaragua like four days before i left and i was like i'm going anyway i don't care <laughs> yeah. but i was like oh when i get there i'm gonna have to have a shower so i'm sweaty and hot and i get travel like, so i was like i couldn't use i couldn't shower i couldn't use the shower there because i had a full-on like my appendix oh, open up. Yeah. so i had to like tape it all off and then i had to use bottled water to like to clean i was like it was so apparent to me there i was like okay i can't even like i couldn't yeah can't even do this like i have to use bottled water to oh because the water wouldn't have been yeah, yeah. The water you could have got an infection from the yeah, water. yeah for sure and they were like i should have gone i should have stayed home yeah but fuck that <laughs> uh, i was meeting friends i want to go to you're, still, you're still here yeah totally <laughs> and then i i went to this place called um it was on Ometepe. Mm-hmm. You've been there before? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this place called Little Morgan's. I love that place. Yeah. Little Morgan's like this little like, um, it's like the biggest party hostel I guess there is. But they have fresh water because they recycled water. Party ho- hostel at Ometepe now? Yeah. Oh, it's been there for a long time I think. It's oh. called Little Morgan's. 
It's funny you said that because we met this, Christine and I met this family from Omotepe. They had like eight kids or something like that. Super nicest family, but really, you know, super poor or whatever. Right. We're still in contact with them today. Cool. And she just wrote to me on face on, on Messenger or whatever, and she said, my mom's in the hospital. You know, can can you help us out? Because yeah. we, you know, we, we can't afford these bills and stuff. I'm like, yeah. okay, yes, Shit. Yes, okay, so I'll try to help you and stuff. But it's kind of cool wow. that, um, you know, I just actually left Facebook a couple of days, like a couple of weeks ago, just because it was too much. Oh, I saw sucking that. Sucking my time too much. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's also, I also appreciate that how you keep in touch with somebody and find people years later. And yeah. All these people from my travels that, you know, are I'm in still in still in contact with and still friends with and whatever. So it is cool. Cause I, I, the same thing. I just watch people I've met over, over in different countries, like watch what their lives are like. It's interesting to watch the people live. Yeah. It opens your eyes to what other people are up to. My brother and I went to, um, a surf camp in uh, Tamarindo a long time ago. And he still goes there a bunch. And they met this photographer guy, Raphael. They became friends with him. And he's like, I need a new MacBook. Can you, can you send me? So I'll buy it, ship it down. Cause he can't get it there or whatever. Right. But I don't, I don't follow him anymore, but I think he stopped doing Instagram, but, I would follow him like, oh, it's interesting where this guy lives in a town, surf town, in a, in a tourist town. You know, it takes him like two years to save up to get a Mac, a MacBook. He gets it, yeah. you know. Yeah. But you watch their lives. He's like just a happy dude doing whatever. And it's like, it's cool to watch just different cultures and people you know. Um, I got a friend in Japan, my buddy Hiromi. He won't, he always takes pictures of food. Mm-hmm. Always, I'm like, I want to eat that. It looks good. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it's this thing. It's cool to watch with people like you, friends from different. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, that's the crazy thing about technology these days is because yeah. we'd never know half the half the things that people are doing like oh I, yeah. s- I saw you got married on facebook or you know what i mean but that's kind of weird though you know like it's kind of weird it was interesting but i remember even just when i was younger you know just like someone would go somewhere and you wouldn't know what they were doing until they got back yeah. and you're like what happened like th- and you had these incredible stories of what they did i think st- that's why <coughs> i think we're we're having a hard time with storytelling these days and it's really like these kind of things keep it going because you watch what's happening as everybody does it. So when they come back, you're like, oh, I saw you were in this place and this place. And then the story is no longer what it was, you know? I think it's interesting that it's it's helping us connect, but it's also taking away, like, the um, the imagination of when someone tells you a great story where they were. Well, it's also, like, yeah, so just, th- yeah, thanks for the segue back to storytelling here. But um, so all of our editors, they do an outstanding job of, you know, trying to curate all these stories mm. and trying to find them and, you know, listening to what people pitch to us and yeah. what people are up to and, you know, the evolution of sort of what an, a typical adventure was, you know, back yeah. in the day, like a magazine was like, oh, f- we went to Verbier and had a great time and there's some <laughs> killer shots, right? <laughs> yeah, right. And now That's it's like, expected, yeah. now it's like we're not even interested in that because it's just so sort of almost passe and it's like it. now, like, especially with the annual every every single um feature in this magazine has an issue attached to it whether right. it's a humanitarian or environmental yeah. or social or something like that so yeah. you know we won't even entertain a, a, a story that's just like oh me and some buddies went here for, yeah. you know it's like okay well what, what's the angle right so you got to walk across africa to get anybody's attention <laughs> yeah. now right would never and be like yeah. never lived in an apartment never camped before and that's what yeah africa. so that's what when you know when <laughs> when we're trying to select the 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 speakers for multiplicity yeah it sort of mirrors what we do with mountain life so it has to be we ha- we try to select a diverse group of speakers and sure. they have to have a story to tell like i i we've had athletes in the past and sort of big name athletes and, and you know they're 
obviously super talented and amazing what they do and they've had good careers but sometimes that doesn't necessarily translate on stage to a story sure right? yeah so i remember when we had um suze graham on there mm-hmm. suze you know she's a phenomenal athlete like puts herself out there big time and instead of saying like oh you know when i was two i did this and right. this is where everybody I am starts now, that, yeah. and sort of like that chronological t- type thing she just brought us right into like oh i was on this rock face and it was a ski base jump and I was rappelling down and my hair got caught in the blade of ice. I remember that. And it's just like, holy shit, that is a serious thing. Like she's freaking out there. She can't really communicate with her partners, mm-hmm. up, you know, and she's like dealing with this thing, right? Yeah. I got to cut my hair out of the, out of the blade of ice. So, you know, that's, that a, that's like, sure. that's a story. Like, yeah. you know, like they, they, these anecdotes of real life and people getting into these problems you know like yeah like yvonne schoenard said it's not an adventure unless something goes wrong right for sure right so. i mean you plan for the you plan for them to go wrong uh, so when it goes wrong you're an adventure yeah like wh- people used to use maps dude they didn't use the phone <laughs> yeah fuck dude i remember i've i i think i i think i got to an age in my life where i was either about i would have i would have had to use maps but phones were invented and i became able to like ease out of using maps and you could at least print off a map yeah but man, well, that's like, you know, I've never felt more freedom in my life than when me and my brother were traveling in Africa on our motorcycles yeah. and we didn't like, this was 98 or whatever, 99 before phone or mm. before we had a cell phone anyways. And that's what it was. It was a map. That's all. You just yeah. look on your map and you ask people yes. and you really get to know each other. Like same thing as when, when me and Christina left Whistler here and in october 1st 2004 we had a map yeah we didn't have a gps we had no phones we had none of that shit and we learned how to speak spanish because of that for sure we got lost so many times (laughs) but because nobody wants to tell you like that they don't don't know know. yeah (laughs) okay yeah you can't understand them so when they lie to you you even get it worse so (laughs) it was sort of like a minimum of five times and going into the cities is really bad because you don't know anything you don't right. even, we didn't really even want to be in the city in the first place, but you got to get shit, right? Like you yeah. got to either find fuel for your stove or you got to get your visa for the next country or whatever. Yeah. So, you know, cities, it's like, it's like, I'm allergic to cities. I don't even like going to Vancouver. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> Vancouver. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So anyways, I wish, I don't know. I was thinking, I was talking to someone about this other day. Like we have phones right now and everyone has a phone. Like, do you think in 30 years from now we're going to have phones or is it going to be just like something entirely different and they're going to be obsolete? Wow. Well, well, dude, if, if you, that Joe Rogan podcast with um, Elon Musk and talking about like uh, Neuralink, oh, yeah. he's saying that like, he's like, I don't want to talk about it. He's like, it's scary. Cause he's like, um, he said in a few years they'll be able to like, you just have to think about something. Yeah. And they, there's these theories of like people will be like, okay, so say, say you speak Spanish and don't speak English. Mm-hmm. I speak English. Don't speak Spanish. Mm-hmm. We can have a conversation because we've been downlinked or linked into like a consciousness that just automatically translates what you're saying to me in English. I don't even hear Spanish. I hear English. Wow. I, I don't know how far along that is, but it's like if that if we're at Neuralink where you can um, like put your brain to a computer and like communicate with a computer with just through your brain, and that's like on the verge of happening. How far off are we from that scenario? I yeah. just mentioned like it can't, if fifty years. Even fifty years, that's crazy. Yeah, you know, I. Having a phone, yeah, I don't know. Like, <laughs> we used, to, I don't know. Like we used, to, like now you can. It's you can use a watch, but still a phone. But you still have to have your phone. But yeah. no one uses watches anymore, really. I mean, 
I do. It's like a status symbol. Yeah, or you're older. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have older. two watches. My watches are broken. I went to get them fixed. So I use them. Yeah. And I, I, I still go like this, but I'm trying to, I want to, I'll get it fixed. But uh, yeah, I'm older. I don't use my phone. But yeah, like I, I, I just, <laughs> I really respect people that don't have phones. Oh, dude. I don't know how you don't like, do it. But like Jimmy Martinello, he doesn't have a phone still. He won't get one. Really? And he just, because he knows that, you know, he sees everybody else like, Click, click, clicking, tapping, 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 and everyone goes. What do I want to get a hold of you? Well, that's that's not my problem. Like, <laughs> well, we just send him a smoke signal. <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> send a dove after him or something like that for sure. But or crow in the air. But uh, people think it's like your fault if you don't have a phone. Like you're making their life harder. Yeah. I'm like, no, I'm making my life easier. Well, it's also like people are so much flakier now because they can yeah. just send a little text and you don't have to see the. You know, we don't have to call someone. Just oh, sorry, I'm running late. I'm not like I'm not coming. It's just like such a bailout. Oh, right? For this right now, <laughs> I, I I'm bad for it too. But when you don't get it, when you text somebody and you need like an answer, if it's like a casual text, hey, blah blah blah, random text, but someone's like, hey, I need what's happening in the next 20 minutes I need to figure something out they don't respond to you you're like what the fuck yeah and you know like this it's the common thing where you just see someone like you can see their green dot on Facebook you know they're fucking online yeah. you sent them a text so they're on their phone but yeah it's it's too easy so to, I to just find. I don't know I think it's like a, scour- a scourge of society where you know you walk into a restaurant and there's five out of six people like looking at their phones and probably texting each other like I, I hate it it's mm. just like well, there's this beautiful mountain in front of you and the sun, the sunset is coming in and you're like trying to live stream it or something instead of just like enjoying it. enjoy it and just like be. Yeah. Just I'm guilty be. of that, man. Sometimes we all are. Yeah. Cause it's, it's so easy. Like I try I love my phone because it takes amazing photos yeah. and I like when I'm with my kid or something, it's just in my pocket and it's just yeah. like, bam, I can take a photo and I can send it to her grandma. Yeah, that's rad. Boom. So that's right? a huge deal because right? then your grandma can. There's that that lag that that lack of lag is incredible because it helps you. It allows her grandmother to be like, oh, there's my there's my granddaughter on a regular basis. Yeah, where, but it it does. It sometimes just takes away from just like your day to day. Like you said, taking a photo from a I, video I, of a I sunset. I just feel like every day is a catch twenty two for us in this day and age, right? Well, yeah, like, and the thing I think is everyone thinks we're on an adventure, and most people aren't. So they're like, they're like, look at this. They're like, they are oh. like, everyone's showing these things they're doing. And it's like, well, everyone's doing that now because everyone's seen you do it. So the adventures have, the adventures are getting more and more extreme to be actually considered an adventurer. Now you got to do something tenfold what it was 20 years ago, yeah, 30 years ago, in my opinion. But I feel like everyone's kind of moving ahead with like, they're getting inspired more and more to do things. And so these far reaching places are becoming more traveled. But the the even the small adventures, everyone's doing those ones now. So it's kind of like it's yeah. And I th- I mean I think that we are losing a little bit of that touch with just our natural world and mm-hmm. just being like, you know, I watched the Avatar the other day and how they how their hair like on the plane. I watched the Avatar and like how their yeah. hair connected to the thing and stuff like that. We did a story yeah. on that once actually with oh, yeah. long hair and how right. there's like. You know, you're in tune to your environment because the the natives right they used to right yeah that's why they had long hair. Yeah, I uh right. yeah, you know what? I saw I read that. That's a real thing, right? Yeah. That's a real like yeah. theory or a thing. Yeah. I agree, man. I had long hair. I know what the fuck's going on. <laughs> I can sense the You're dirt. In tune. Yeah, man. I uh, I just cut it short. And I don't feel so smart. So, yeah, I mean, I just <laughs> I I think I just wish people would like leave them at home once in a while or just like you know, we're trying to do this thing at yeah. home where we're like 
between 6 and 8 p.m. or whatever, just like no phones and put it down. Because our kid looks at that every time. Yeah, like, for sure. What are you sure. guys doing? She's like, oh, daddy, you're working again, right? I'm like, oh. Yeah. And if you're on your phone, they see you. Like, why can't it be on my phone? Yeah. Yeah, I have. I don't have kids. I, I, I <laughs> probably, I'm guilty. I mean, I got, I think my, I got ten. I just ten minutes on my arm right now because I use my phone too much and type too much. So, that sucks. But yeah. so I'm trying. It's, it's actually made me think about how much I use it. Um, I'm still using it, and my arm still hurts. But it makes me think, man, I use my phone a ton because yeah. my arm hurts. It's like it's like carpal tunnel almost from. Yeah, I. It's so like, I'd almost like to go. Like I'd like to do a big trip one day where I shoot film. And I have oh, a map. Right. Dude. And I have a motorbike. Or that's yeah. it. Right. And I just like. That'd boom. be sick. There's no time restraints. There's no like checking shit. It's just like back to the. It'd be real fantastic, freedom, right? man. I think that'd be a really cool story. I think that's what people. It would be. People would feel like it's fantasy now, though. Yeah. Like to them, that's fantasy is like. You didn't. You went with a what? You're like, no way. I couldn't leave my phone. <laughs> you know, I couldn't leave my. my Double calf, cappuccino, whatever <laughs> yeah. the fuck it's called. You're like, no, I just took, left my phone at home or I turned it off. You're like, you turned your phone off? You're like, I just invented a new coffee, a cappuccino. Cappuccino. Happy capu. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. THC. There you go. Yeah. I I don't, uh, yeah, I've, I'm have i a, I'm a phone addict a little bit, but yeah, like I said, my arms being sore has made me not want to use it. But it's, you said a catch 22 earlier, like, they help with so many ways. And then they detract in so many ways. You're like, where's, what's the balance? I think yeah. it's, it can flip, it can flip pretty fast. Yeah. I think, but I, I don't know, man. I, I think there could be a kid who does this all day. He solves the world problems. You know, he yeah. could have some, he could be, he just be, could be staring there at something, yeah. you know, all day. Ryan's pecking his phone. at his phone, by the way, or pretending to peck. Oh yeah. Sorry. <laughs> if you're not watching this, I'm using <laughs> my phone, but yeah, there could be that kid, man, that does that. Right. Um, or who has a best friend who's a kayaker and he does this, which is be strange, I guess, opposite track, but that somehow they're inspired away and they do something crazy yeah. and they fix the planet. So, but the chances of that, I, like I said, we talked about like, if you're close to your environment, you want to try to save it. So hopefully we can get more kids out and people out in the environment. Yeah. I think it. that's like, you know, again, we're lucky to live in this town and just to see the sky in general where we have a lot of rad dads and rad moms out there mm-hmm. and a lot of rad people who see that and do that stuff for kids. Like, yeah. you know, these Worcester kids combo camps that happen every summer and yeah. you know, that's the whole thing, fam. Like they're not staring at a when they're on their bike and they're hitting that trail, they, they are not thinking about their phone. I guarantee you. No. That, right. No. And that's what we got to keep. That's what we yeah. got to keep alive. Right. That sense of adventure and that sense of like taking away those, four five six hours and boom putting them outside and and they're not going to think about a phone right they're not going to even yeah. care you're right i have a question for you and this is part of my head as you were saying this because i agree with you the sense of adventure but do you think that because we can share adventure so much that we are almost deterring people from taking an adventure because they can just watch an adventure faster interesting interesting you know question. like I I don't know, but you think that like we're satiating these people's taste for adventure more because we can just put it in front of their face, they get exhilarated by watching a TV or whatever else, and they don't actually go and do it because they're like, well, what they see looks too hard, almost too sometimes now because what's yeah. what's what's watchable isn't as easy as it w- it's like not as ex- attainable. Yeah, I think armchair adventurers will always be that right, and I think that the people who you know, who are going to be inspired by other people doing stuff will, will take some action. I, th- I think you're right though. I think like a lot of it does get watered down and, mm. 
even that very word adventure, it's a bit hackneyed now. It's like extreme what it was 15, yeah. 20 years yeah, ago, right? Extreme. Extreme, you know? yeah. Right. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think absolutely. Like the more, the more we see, the less extreme it becomes, right? And it's just yeah. like, oh, you know, we, we have this ability to just swipe through things and, you know, look at amazing, Im- amazing images on like a two inch screen yeah right and it doesn't really give it justice and i wish it i wish we had more sort of mediums to do that and yeah that's why these live events are important because it's like boom you're live and in person it's like going to yeah. a concert right uh, as, a, as opposed to listening to it on oh, through your sure. ears right yeah. or whatever it's like it just it just makes it so much more real and that's what i that's what i want to keep doing with our team at mountain life is mm. just like keeping shit real um soulful as we can and it's hard to do that because we're an advertiser supported magazine of course so got yeah. all these products so again it's a catch-22 right at the end of yeah. the day w- at the end of the day we're making this magazine full of people to buy stuff sure right yeah. consumerism but if that stuff if, if you know if that stuff can take someone like you know you ever heard of that ultra marathoner guy Ray Zahab mm-hmm. he was a two-pack-a-day smoker and now he's like the, one of the world's biggest like ultra marathons. Oh really? Yeah. He's nice work, man. Insane turnaround. And he and he Fuck said yeah. he got he said he switched because he saw something. I don't know whether it was on TV or he read something. I think of of just an adventure. And he's like, yeah. "What am I doing? I'm s- I'm getting fat. I'm yeah. killing myself because I'm smoking two packs a day." He's like, "I'm done." Yeah. Cold turkey did and and uh, and now he's just like he just completely reinvented his life. He's not who he was before and it's pretty amazing to see that. <laughs> That's awesome to hear about cuz like I I I can't imagine people are set back by way less than that, you know. I think it's pretty cool you can just break away uh, I don't have to be inspired by something that break away from it and just go and Man, that's a that's a scene for sure. Because this first step would have been impossible. Yeah, totally. Like first of all, quitting smoking and starting to run. Yeah. <laughs> like, dude. Yeah. Uh, fuck that guy's crushing it, man, for sure. Yeah. I heard though, there's a dude. I don't know what his name is or who he where what what he but he's a little tiny guy apparently. He used to win the 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 chief in Squamish. It's like a climb. Um, it's like a hike. It's pretty hard. But there's a guy who used to win that race, and he's like a pack a day smoker. Oh yeah, he looked like he had like a leather backpack. He was all like super <laughs> like uh, suntan, tiny guy. Yeah, uh, and he said apparently he ran. I don't know if it's true or not. I hope it is. It might not be, but I'm pretty sure that's what I heard is that he was like a heavy smoker, and uh, he ran, he ran that thing like a champ. Those man. guys are insane. Yeah, my brother had a neighbor when we he lived in Barrie, Ontario. He had a neighbor, and he would get all his bike gear on like a, like a pretty old school like road bike. Mm-hmm. He would bike out of his garage with a smoke in his mouth and fucking take off and go for like three hours and come back. I was like, I don't know where he goes. He must go to the pub, but he, he goes in all his gear and no yeah. one ever, and he goes and comes back sweaty, crazy. And I'm like, it's so Euro, man. Yeah. It's totally. so Euro, you know? It's so. I do still appreciate people like that because there's yeah. a lot of people that just take themselves way too seriously and they're just like, timing this and that and this is my personal best and that's i mean that's that's great for your like you know those kind of kind of achievements i'm not taking anything away from those people but i like those people that do that and then can either smoke a dude or crack a beer at the end of it or have a you know whatever kind of like whatever floats your boat that's all i gotta say yeah man i agree i think there's lots of things we do here that are like you can everybody everybody question everybody but we're just in, in this town we get exposed to so many great things i think it's awesome so yeah um, I don't know. We've been doing this for like an hour and 15, maybe an hour and 20. I think you got here like 10 after 6. Yeah. Um, 
What else do you want to ask me? Anything? What else? Uh, man, we've been all over the map here. I, I'm not really good at leading a conversation. Um, you want me yeah. to ask you anything? I don't know. <laughs> whatever you want. Uh, uh, so, yeah, I have a question. I, I've, since we live in a town where people travel, and kind of a, we talk a lot about travel, other than the Philippines, uh, where's your most... Where do you want to be? Where do you want to go next? What's your? Oh. Where would you want to travel to? Well, my daughter's middle name is Belize. Okay, and that's where she was conceived. So okay. I'd right. like to go back there. We have a really cool family that we actually met on our first motorcycle cool. trip in 2005. We met them. Yeah, and then we went back there in 2011, just before our daughter was born. Yeah. So we haven't seen them since. And this, like this lady, she's my hero for sure. She's a single mom, <laughs> six oh, wow. kids. Holy shit. Yeah. That's a mission, dude. Yeah. I don't even, I guess. Six I'm not even aware, but yeah, it's so, a mission. Yeah. So, um, you know, we try to help her out with keeping those kids in school too. Oh, like dude. every kind of September or whatever, cool. she'll reach out and say, hey, can I, can I borrow a bit of money, you guys, and whatever. Gosh, that's great. And um, so now her kids are doing great in school. You know, she has another granddaughter now. Cause, so I w- we just want to see those kids. Yeah. Because we saw them when they were like, we met the f- the first little kid when he was a baby. Yeah. And now they're he's like eight or nine or whatever he is. And yeah. all the other kids are teenagers now and having cool. kids and whatever. So Man. that'd be kind of cool to see that. Like, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of, I want to, when we pick somewhere to go now, it's almost like, we go to visit people instead of to like right. to go somewhere cool or cool. crazier to do yeah. something. And we'll try to, you know, always do some, something adventurous within that. But I haven't been to Mexico in, in, long, in a long okay. time. I'd like yeah. to go, go back there maybe. But, mm. um, yeah. And then there's, I don't know, there's so many places to go. For sure. Right. So I mean, it's a whole many. world to check out. Yeah. yeah I love for it. sure. We should do the old, uh, we should, we should have a big world dartboard one night. Oh, throw some darts at the map and it wouldn't be a bad idea right spin the globe if you just had one like in your house just every year you hit it once so where <laughs> are we gonna go you just get one dart you get one dart you leave it in there you don't get to take it out it's almost like a what's that uh, this is a what's the ad- advent calendar but it's like a dart yeah. dart vent calendar yeah. you just yeah. <laughs> you're gonna like show it. up yeah that'd be cool yeah i don't mm. have any place i don't know i want to travel a bunch i'd like to i think the philippines is i've heard a few times now between yourself and jenna may and that that couple in uh in croatia really thought me thinking about it for sure yeah um but i don't have uh um, I, I wanted to go back to Japan. I love. That I think if you're place. gonna do Southeast Asia, it's good to like. I probably know, go my go own. Go to I Indo think. and maybe go to Thailand and go yeah. there and sure check it all. Because there's all kinds of different things too. Like you know, back when I was climbing a bit more, I went to uh, Riley Beach in Thailand. Okay. And that place is just an absolute mecca for climbing. You it can is. just like it's so. It's awesome. Like deep water soloing or something? Can you do that? There's there? deep water soloing there. Yeah, yeah cool. Big time. There's a little bit of that in the Philippines too. Okay. Not quite as much because the rock is a bit sharp, but there's definitely some spots okay. that we go. Right. We bring our shoes all the time and, right, you know, paddle out there and go climb some stuff. That's cool. Croatia's so, big for climbing. Yeah. Yeah. There's like um, I was there. I was like, they have old old like you walk by these huge cliffs. They'll be like, like cannon windows. I don't know what the fuck they're called. Cannon windows. I don't know. What they're oh, yeah. like, they'll be like literally if rock faces and because they got blowing apart what in the 1500s or whatever so oh, cool uh all these ruins but they have these just huge rock faces big white rock just and they've got like there it's all hollowed out oh and you climb right over the water yeah there's people yeah for sure it's pretty cool i didn't climb but yeah yeah they have like greece is big for that spain there's, a, yeah. there's okay a yeah of, for sure a lot of places that have yeah spain's great limestone or yeah 
China is a big mecca. This is one new place that they everyone's going to. There's a lot of um, professional climbers coming out of China. Like there is, huge, yeah. yeah. You hear that thumping? I do hear that. That's thumping. my fucking neighbor. Yeah. Um, What's he doing? Yeah, I don't know. What he, it happens like every other day. What's that weird noise, right? Like either he's putting like one lopsided thing in his dryer and <laughs> pumping it. I don't know what he's doing, dude. Um, or he's just kind of I don't know. He's, I don't know. It's really where he's renting his room out for hours at a time. Chopping potatoes. I don't. Yeah, know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. He probably doesn't just piss me off. Uh, but. Um, yeah, I I don't I don't know what I'm talking about fucking thumping guy. Um, <laughs> yeah, I I don't have a, a real destination I want to go, but I just like I want to go to Japan again, and um, I just like Japan. Have you been there before? I have not. Yeah, um, it's no, I haven't been out of the ski. I haven't okay. been out of the ski or really do anything. I don't even. I would the skiing to me is awesome, but dude, the the just the the. If, Culture in my experience, when you land in China, this might sound super cliche, and you, but when you land in China, or sorry, in Japan, you get off the plane, and then you walk into just wherever you are. It doesn't. You're like cool. I'm mellow. You're not like there's. You don't feel stressed where oh, you're going to go yeah. end up. Yeah. You don't know what. You don't know what anything says. You're yeah. like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. But you're like, that's cool. Figure it out. It's weird. If I was in like, you know, even when I was in France, I don't know anything happens in French. I'm like, ah, what am I doing? <laughs> but in Japan, I'm like, that's cool. Yeah. You know, no one's really stressed throughout. Like, there's tons of people. Uh, well, that's, yeah, I mean, that's probably the opposite of, and I haven't been there, and it's definitely one of the places I'm going to go for sure is India. Yeah, yeah, I heard it's crazy there. But it's like, you know, from what I've heard, it's like you get off the thing, and it's like you're swamped by 100 people. Like, oh, oh. you want a taxi or tuk-tuk or let's go here, right, let's go white there. Guy. Like, yeah. yeah, you're a white guy. With for a sure. White guy with a wallet, right? <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, and um, it's, I mean, it's just different. I mean, to me, you know, you land in, Tokyo it doesn't really feel much different than you can't you don't know what the hell's going on to me I am not maybe I'm naive or not but landing in a, in like a city in India what's what's is it New Delhi is that the biggest I don't even know Calcutta probably I think yeah biggest city Must be crazy yeah. busy like because like they just drive right like horns are <laughs> communication not anger management right yeah yeah so you just drive that's what be that'd be the most crazy thing to me I'd be like okay hey, we just gotta go I guess but that's one of the things I love about gotta, the third world is that like there's not really road rage. Yeah. Like people just like, they know oh, it's you, fucking busy. You cut me off. Uh, whatever. It's all. Yeah, there's like, millions of us here on the same intersection. <laughs> yeah. We got to get through it. Uh, like here. It's like, what the fuck buddy? <laughs> yeah. Like, and then they hold the horn for like three minutes. You're like, dude, you're already three blocks away. Get off the fucking horn. Yeah. So I something know. I really learned from, you know, from traveling in like whatever, 60 plus countries is mm. just like tolerance. Yeah. Really just being tolerant. Like if it doesn't, really affect you that much then don't worry about it you're yeah. just getting yourself worked up in this little tizzy for no reason and yeah you're right man you know and just like we, we're culturally just held on to stuff over here but when you go to other, other countries it's like hey this is the way it operates don't be so tied on to what's going on behind you yeah it's because like, you got to watch people are just really a lot more tolerant of just anything really I think it's I think it's spare time, man. I think people that don't have spare time are just getting through life. They're like, I don't care what's happening here. I got to get yeah. my shit down. I got eight people on this motorcycle trying to get to the grocery store. Like, whatever, man. I don't have time, Whoops. I don't have time for fuck whatever you're honking at behind me. <laughs> yeah, I, think totally. that's, I think that's what's going on, man. Yeah. You know, if you're super laid back, it's great too. But if you're in this city, in our, our culture, it's like, it's like who's the best? But you yeah, can't. like I'm, I love living here and I'm sure. very proud yeah, to be totally. Canadian. I'm super happy. But I, I love getting out of here and sort of experiencing that, like, you know, life without so many laws and rules and yeah. 
but you know signs and they can't do this and you can't do yeah, that you have to wear a helmet you get a scooter like, can't wear can't ride in the back of a pickup truck and it's like oh you know, when you get yeah, into the dude. third world country and you get into the back of a pickup truck big yeah. pickup truck it's like yeah you don't know what's gonna happen I'm that's like, why you have insurance i'm like 10 years old i'm on the farm again i love it yeah yeah man i I, that's yeah yeah I insurance agree. it's like what is insurance well, that's why you get it so you can sit in the back of a pickup truck in nicaragua and just gun down the road and yeah. you're covered yeah i mean that's that's yeah i think it's it's great that we can experience that you know um and we have to respect the fact that we can experience though well we, we can go to these places we have to respect that we can go to those places yeah. for sure and you know we might look people might look at back on this podcast and be like those guys are a bunch of hypocrites are talking about this and that but it's like you know travel again yeah it just ah oh, it's just so enriching to the mind and to the senses and to the to, you know to just like learning stuff it's but, it's but we but we but we all, all but we obviously get on a plane and yeah do that it burns so much fuel for bur- sure bur- bur- but i think about this and i'm not saying it's right or wrong or but it's correct way i think about it. i think about okay if we can experience and learn what other cultures are like and learn and use these use the fuel to get to these places to learn about our, our world and how it operates and be more compassionate about the world we will cut back in ways that will balance that out yeah. Like, so if I'm going to get a kayak and go experience what the back, what the river's like and see bears that are, you know, like these spirit bears that are around and mm-hmm. see these things, I might go home and never use a fucking piece of plastic in my life, mm-hmm. but I'll use this kayak to go and further enrich my experience and figure out what needs to be stopped in this world. Yeah. If it takes me to fly to a third world country to figure out how they live and how they're being affected by what we do, uh, we can come back and change what we do. I'm not saying I'm doing everything I can, but I can say that's, those are the things that we should be able to do in order to fix what we're, what we can stop yeah. doing, you know? So I don't know. Well, the most hardcore people out there are cyclists, yeah. like cyclists that go from, you know, Alaska to Tierra del Fuego or whatever yeah. on a bike. Yeah. Those, those people are, those people are the real deal. Cause it's like, they're using yeah. their legs. Yeah. They have one bike. They're hardly like, they're not making much of an impact. Right. And, no. they're, re- and they're going slow. They're going at that pace. And I can remember when we were on our, on our motorcycles and we would rip past people like that. I would always come back and stop and just say, Hey, you guys need anything? Yeah, like, well, yeah. Do you need any you water? That shit's heavy. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, yeah. And Dude. if they're so few and far between that, you would go and stop and talk to them and, you know, yeah. share whatever for a bit and then just yeah. like be on your way and you'd hop on your motorbike and you would kick the start this thing and then mm-hmm. get on your way and you'd be like, Oh my God, I'm glad I'm not like, pushing Toiling that thing up there, yeah. right dude so I, I have great respect for people who do these human power adventures yeah. big time there's that guy ross begley whatever who swam around english uh, england or i don't know swam around and he spent like 90 days in the water or something like that um there's like a like girl uh he's on joe rogan's podcast ross begley or begley mm-hmm. so the girl who paddled from like i don't know it's like japan to hawaii I, i'm probably way off but like it's really like a few months but um yeah uh I just think that the experience, if we, if, if we can have experience that teach us how to operate better, it's worth it for sure. But the yeah, human, just, human power you know, thing, man, fuck, dude, I, I don't know. Yeah. Like, have you, it. have you heard of this guy called Chris Burtish? No. Anyways, he's, he used to be a big wave surfer and, um, he's just a, he's a true waterman, he's a South African guy, but he, uh, two years ago, I guess it's two years ago now, was the first person to stand up paddle across the atlantic ocean holy shit <laughs> dude so he had this rigged out <laughs> who's doing this shit? i know insane eh? <laughs> that's cool yeah like, Why the hell? that's cool so he had a rigged out way it was like so, it must have been like a yeah it was like a big it, well, kind of hard to explain but is it, it he like. must have had support like a sailboat with him or something like nope, that? no nothing 
No Nothing shit. like that. He he had enough room that he had a little berth in the front of the oh. front of this thing, so it was kind of fully enclosed. Holy shit. And the, I think the the crux was for them to figure out how it would self right itself uh, if it got knocked over, right? Because right. if you can't, the the thing weighs like two thousand, like all your super heavy, right? All yeah, his all gear, all that shit for yeah. all the technical, you know, safety stuff and blah 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 and water yeah. and trying to get all these systems life. desalinations, life. <laughs> yeah. And anyways, he gave a, he gave a really amazing presentation when you're at VIMF. Mm-hmm. I wanted him to come come to Multiplicity, but he's a bit pricey. Right. Yeah. But anyways, yeah. And Julie Angus, we had her at Multiplicity. She lives in Vancouver Island. Right. Um, husband of Colin Angus. She ro- they rowed across the Atlantic in a rowboat. Jesus man, like this little dinky That's little rowboat. Cool. <laughs> right? That's pretty awesome, man. <laughs> Just be like so remote. That'd be scary, man. Yeah. Out there, you'd you'd go a little bit cuckoo, I think. But you. I mean, you. C- you're not doing it off the couch. You're getting you're getting yeah. your training in it. Just the solidarity, or like the uh, solidarity, but like the um, being on your own out there, mm-hmm. you know, would be. It just yeah. I mean, it's two of you, I guess, but like, you encounter everything. Yeah. Like in the you're ocean, to humans and oceans, we don't know what the fuck's going on down there. Yeah. We know a few things. We don't know what the fuck's going on. Yeah. Like every weird and be like, how deep is it below us? You must like they must have sonar and stuff, but or like depth finders, but like. Yeah, not knowing whales coming along. Just vulnerable, you yeah. know, like in the middle of the night, what's going on? You don't know if there's a big tanker coming. Sure. They figured all that stuff out pretty much, but it's like where, the, where are the non-tanker routes and where's yeah. the best way to go? But still, man, you never know when this, like those wind squalls are going to pick happen. up and just yeah. like, you'd be shitting bricks. Rogue wave, you know. Shitting bricks, but. Dude, that's I, cool. I, like, I, I do like off off the couch adventures too. Yeah. Those, are, those are pretty good. It's good, man. You're like, hey, what do you do today? This, okay, let's go out and do it. And you get, you're like, you know, two days later, you come home. Yeah. It's cool for sure. Yeah. I, I, like, you know, there's those hardcore mountain bike folks that love going uphill and cross country and stuff. And yeah, that's not necessarily me, but I'll, I like it once in a while, you know? Yeah. Like, if somebody calls me and they want me to do like Lord of the Squirrels or whatever, or like Into the Mystic, yeah. I'm like, yeah, it's going to be three hours to bike up there. I'll probably pass out twice, but whatever. <laughs> it's going to be awesome, man. Yeah. Coming down, it's going to be yeah. great. <laughs> Just so you know, I'm not going to go as fast as yeah. you are. But. I've left early twice. <laughs> I've, I've left. So my group's like, yeah, we're going up to seven o'clock. I'm oh, like, cool. Good. I'll go at like six thirty. Like, you know what? Yeah. I'm not gonna be able to catch you guys. You're gonna yeah. fucking whale me. So, See I'll leave early and go. Yeah, it's good. And what do you think about e-bikes? I was on the island last week, and I went for a bike ride with two of my buddies from after work. We were uh, riding the trail called Double D. Got to the bottom, and um, Wade Simmons is down there doing a demo with Rocky Mountain, mm-hmm. and uh, he had an e-bike. He had a bunch of e-bikes. He was demoing. And he said, uh, why'd they invent the chairlift? And I was like, <laughs> he's like, so you can do way more laps and still get good exercise. I'm like, yeah. He's like, I'm not, a, he's like, I'm not, I'm not for or against, but he's like, now you can do 10 laps. Uh, he was, he was, he said, let me go for a lap on it. He was demoing them. So I just didn't do a, I did a quick lap, like a couple minutes up and down. But was it pretty quick up going up? Oh, dude. Yeah. You put the red light on and cause it's, it's a green. pedal too. Yeah, or but you pe- yeah, but it's like <laughs> just it's like for, it's like pe- just it, for show. it's like pedaling in the <laughs> bathtub. It's like super easy. So it's like super easy. But you have like green, yellow, and red. And these engines, uh, the bikes probably weigh fifty pounds. So I mean, maybe 20, okay. 15, 25 more pounds more than a regular bike. Twenty yeah. more pounds. And uh, you start pedaling. You put it in red, the highest assisted assisted mode, and you're fucking cruising, dude. Wow. Like, and you're uphill. You're not. I mean, you're not motorbike speed, obviously. I mean, that's ridiculous, but. um how do I feel about it in general? I thought that was pretty fun. I think I I appreciate some exercise, but I also appreciate how easy that would be to do like 10 laps instead of eight laps or six laps. Mm-hmm. I know it's more wear on the trails. Um, 
don't know how environmentally friendly they are. I think they're probably obviously not that environmentally friendly, but with batteries and stuff. But uh, the usability is there for sure. And if it gets people who are mountain bikers into it, helps grow sports. It's cool. I don't know. Have you have you done it? But you have one, don't you? I don't have one. No. I I probably would it? get one. Yeah, they're not that cheap. No they're, no, they're not that cheap. I think you said the one, the Rocky Mountain, the cheapest one was seven grand. Yeah. I mean, you, that that's it's like getting a carbon <laughs> bike. That's not. It's like getting a carbon non mountain bike. To me, even like people that spend that much money on downhill bikes or whatever is insane. Yeah, but they love you it. Better get a pretty nice car for that or dude yeah or of course man yeah you can get a <laughs> car and a sled you can get a truck and a sled for that much money but i think they have a value for sure and i think if they if the engine becomes small when the engine becomes this big yeah we're it'll be gold the size of a beer can yeah for sure yeah it'll it'll i, I yeah. think it'll just get there and yeah. it'll be the new like you know like weren't they weren't people busted cheating for having engines and their little fucking like road bikes and they're oh and yeah smaller probably. like some kind of like little support so yeah, if that's happening maybe that'll happen soon yeah. enough I'm okay with them. I don't know why you wouldn't. I, what I what I, my curiosity is, it's still on like a like an XC enduro kind of bike. I'm mm-hmm. like, just give me a full on downhill bike with a with an engine in the bottom, and oh, I'll yeah. pedal up <laughs> the same trail as anybody else would, and have an awesome time going down. Like dual crown. Like why wouldn't you? Why make me a bike that's the same as I pedal up now when you could give me a, a little motor and make my bike way more suspension, everything else? It's and I st- give me the assist up the mountain. Yeah, I think you're gonna get like with any new sort of industry. There's always gonna be backlash, and the sure purists are always gonna be there, which is great. We need purists. To there's a bunch of purists around here. Keep for things sure. in check, right? Yeah, and they need it because otherwise it'll just get out of control. There'll be yeah. gas engines. And those, there. you know, those purists are also the ones that are the stewards of what's happening. Like, hey, this is there's too much erosion. These yeah. bikes are too heavy. There's they're you know they're pointing yeah. out these sort of things, but if there wasn't those guys, we would just there'd be dirt bikes all over this place, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, true. Um, and that's you know, there's this yeah this this is a great podcast. It's you call it Catch Twenty Two with Ryan and Todd. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, back to the beginning again. Yeah, yeah, never never ending. So yeah, yeah I mean, it's hard. What? Yeah, it is hard this balance. But that's I think I think just again like if 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 you want to do that, if that's what you're into, and if you're not causing any direct harm to anyone or, or the environment mm-hmm. like you know tread lightly yeah tread lightly on this in this world and the world will be yeah. a better place balance it out whatever you're doing try to balance it out and yeah. keep it as zero as possible but yeah. there we go well yeah man um okay i think we're good right yeah thanks for coming along todd thanks, thanks for the chat me, with you, buddy. Man. it was great yeah. i'm glad you came along it's great thank you thanks for the invite yeah buddy it's great um yeah if you can catch todd around town you can catch him uh you can catch his magazine, Mountain Life uh, Annual, and uh, you do the other one, what, twice a year? Three Winter, times. Three times a year? Three times, yeah. Cool. I don't do my research, obviously. So. <laughs> yeah, cool. Mountain Life Coast Mount. Yeah, next one's uh, hitting the street on June 1st. Cool. Summer issue. Revolutions. Nice. All right, but we'll check it out. That's the theme of the issue right now. Oh, yeah. Is there biking in it? There's tell lots me. of biking. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm sure. Cool. <laughs> awesome. Well, awesome. Thanks, Todd. It's great, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank cool. you, Ryan. Until next time. Cheers, bud. Cool.